The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome to a new episode of I Love Wellness. We've had some great episodes and some amazing guests lately. And today, another hot one. Megan Roop, <laughs> the founder of the Sculpt Society. Hi. What's up? Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Me too. I miss going to your class in the city. Oh, I miss seeing you. But you're like the queen of on-demand digital fitness. So it's so <laughs> exciting. Trying over here. I'm trying. It's, um, it's a crazy time for sure. You're, you're doing great. Well, we did an Instagram live workout a few weeks ago and yeah. so many people tuned in. And are you doing lives on your Instagram every day pretty much? I go live on the Sculpt Society app and then I go live almost every day on Instagram as well. So it's a lot of, a lot of lives. It's a lot of lives. Um, but I feel like you are in such an interesting position considering the current landscape um, to bring joy and health and wellness to so many people in a really meaningful um, and positive way. So I, I actually am so fascinated just by the fitness industry in general and how quickly everybody has adopted and adapted to kind of, quote unquote, this new normal. But you've had the Sculpt Society as an app for way longer than just the past few months. When did you launch it at the end of last well, year? Yeah, I mean, I honestly only, I only launched November of 2019. So it's still in its infancy. Um, but, but I've been... I launched this, the app launched in November of 2019. I launched the Sculpt Society um, three years ago. Right. So you have been in the fortunate position to have been, you know, running your own classes in New York City for a number of years. And thankfully, you had the infrastructure in place already in November of last year to be able to run your application, go live, connect with so many people. And so I can imagine that everything um, is is really positive for you right now, which is, is wonderful. Do you know what I mean? Like we're hearing about so many awful things, but it's also really important to celebrate the stuff that's making us feel good and you're making us feel good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a silver lining and a really um, awful awful time for a lot of people. So I feel really lucky to have, you know, done the work and set this up for myself so that, you know, when, when we all went into quarantine, that I was able to completely pivot my business to be digital. And, you know, I think it was like the first day of quarantine, which was like March of March, or yeah, March 2000 or March 14. God, I can't speak. Um, and I immediately took my Sunday 10 a.m. class that I normally teach in New York City and I went live on my app and mm -hmm. literally had been setting up the live component for my app a week earlier, not even thinking, you know, this would happen. Yeah. So again, like so fortunate to have sort of laid the groundwork for this time. Well, congratulations. I'm, I'm so happy to see um, you doing well through this, through this yeah. moment. Um, and I, I mean, truly Megan, I have loved to see you and your brand grow over the past few years. You were like the go-to well, girl. Like, <laughs> you were there and like saw it when it was small. You know? Yeah. But it's so fun and so kick-ass. So I would love to just sort of for our listeners 
get your backstory. Like, who are you? Are you a dancer? Are you not a dancer? How did you start the Sculpt Society? I just would love to sort of hear your origin story for your amazing business. Yeah. So I think a lot of people see my business and they assume it's like an overnight success. And let me tell you, it has been 10 years in the making or my whole life in the making. I, I grew up, um, you know, really immersed in classical ballet. High school was on the high school dancing, you know, there's jazz and hip hop. And then um, went and moved from Santa Barbara, California to New York City and um, was there attending NYU's Tisch Dance program. Really focused on dance and thinking that that was my end goal was to dance professionally. Um, so post, post NYU, I was really focused on auditioning and, you know, doing a little bit of theater, a little company work, sort of dipping my toe in different modalities and um, finally ending up at the Brooklynettes uh, dance team, which was Brooklynettes. And, you know, like most of us in New York City, it's expensive to live here. Um, and I needed a side job to pay rent. And so I started working in fitness and um, really got into it with the idea that I could stay in shape and teach and like, but that, that would never continue as anything bigger than that. But mm -hmm. I do have to say it was pretty quick after um, starting to teach fitness that I realized it, it was going to be a major part of my life. I just really fell in love with teaching with connecting with other women. And I think I had gotten to a point in, in my dance career where I had checked all the boxes, I had done it, mm -hmm. and it wasn't really filling me up. And I was starting to be filled up in such a greater way with fitness by really seeing the impact I could have on someone else's life um, in, in a bigger way than, than dance So um, for myself. So I think it changed my, my course pretty quickly after I started teaching fitness. But, you know, I taught for six and a half years, really learned a lot, you know, got confident in my skills and then launched the Sculpt Society um, three and a half years ago. So it's been almost 10 years of, of teaching fitness. Um, so it's been a long time. And then, so three years, and then five months ago, launching the Sculpt Society app, which has been a whirlwind. So before you launched the Sculpt Society and kind of went on your own, um, were you teaching just like at gyms, at different studios? Were you teaching like other people's methods and then you made the decision to launch your own? I'm so curious on that. And I think a lot of people who are in the fitness space are really curious sort of how to develop their own method. Like how do they even start? How do they make the transition from, okay, I'm an instructor at my local gym to, okay, this is my own thing that I'm doing now. Yeah, I taught at a, at a local studio, and um, but I was always, I was always taking different classes. I was taking yoga, I was taking uh, Pilates, reformer Pilates. I was, I was dipping my toe in all of these different modalities. And I think you know, for anyone getting started, I think you know, you need to build your confidence and you need to build that skill set of teaching before you launch your own your own company. And I think mm -hmm. that's what that gave me. It really. Um, it allowed me to to fine tune what my skills as my person as as Megan as the trainer was, um, and then I think you know I got to a point where I wanted to create a class that was different, that brought in different elements, um, that made me feel good, and that I felt that there was a, a lack in in the boutique dance based fitness world. Um, so. You know, I loved reformer Pilates, but I, mm -hmm. I you know obviously can't bring a reformer with me everywhere I go, and so yeah. That's what in 
the Sculpt Society sliders because to me it gives you that reformer element. I bring in elements of yoga and then of course there's always going to be that dance cardio moment for me because as a dancer that's the most joyous way of moving um, and getting my cardio. And then the, the bulk of the met method is really that sculpting that gives you all of those beautiful, strong um, lines. So I think, you know, it took me a while to figure out how I wanted to sequence the Sculpt Society. Mm -hmm. I also felt like a community standpoint really felt, and I've talked to you about this before, but really felt that there was this massive hole in dance-based fitness um, where unless you were a dancer, you couldn't really walk into a studio or a class and feel successful and I, I i was frustrated by that because it didn't need to be so complicated why why were we making it so complicated and so i wanted the sculpt society to be a simplified um, dance cardio movement mm -hmm. um, that meets sculpting that's under an hour that's efficient you know like who's got time to be at the gym for hours a day taking you know multiple classes like let's let's be efficient about our time and let's make it like the most kick-ass workout um and that anyone at any level walks in and feels successful um in the class yeah i i have to say i really like your approach to the dance cardio um section of your method because i have taken those dance classes at the really expensive exclusive studios and it's a so intimidating because you get in there and there's you know all of these people that have been doing it for a really long time and they know everything down and those dances are fucking hard. <laughs> they are complicated. <laughs> like unless you know the combo or at least unless you've been going to that specific class for over a month and you've learned the combo for the month. It's like. <sighs> it can be really hard. Um, and like I even have a dance background. I grew up doing ballet and I still even go in there and it's like, oh my God, it just, it feels like an overwhelming experience. And my personal experience at the Sculpt Society is that everybody is welcome. Everything is Okay whatever level you're at, totally fine. And that yeah. your clients that come to you are like kind, real women. So yeah. it's a really positive environment, which is really unique. I think at least sort of like in the New York city landscape of fitness. And it feels really positive. Like you could actually like make friends with another woman in your class. Do you know oh, what like, I mean? <laughs> but I mean, and like really, like it's really fun for me to watch those friendships develop in my class. And I, I love walking into like any of my classes and just seeing everyone like socializing and chatting. And it makes mm -hmm. me so happy because community is so important when it comes to fitness, you know, showing up every day, like by yourself without knowing the people around you, you know, it's, it's important that you're knowing who's in the class, whether it's in person or digitally. And I've made that a really big point in my digital business. Um, you know, I want people who are on the Sculpt Society app to feel as if they're part of a community and part of a movement. And so we've, I've put in place things like my private Facebook group and, and taking the time after every Sculpt Society live that I do on the app, I'll, I'll literally sit down for like 30 to 40 minutes and I'll have a coffee chat with them. They'll write in comments and it's for members only and we all just get to know each other. And I think it's really important that people feel that way, um, whether mm -hmm. it's 
fitness or whatever it is. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's sort of this like category of like fitness and wellness that's more in sort of like the goop landscape that feels really inaccessible and really scary for a lot of people. Um, And you have really um, created your own category of like fitness wellness that feels really body body positive and like a really like welcoming and opening community open community. So congratulations, you oh, have like that means so much seem, seems you. you seemingly have like created the near impossible. <laughs> so bravo. <laughs> um, I'm curious about your method specifically. Have you developed the method because you find it works best for your body and like for most women's bodies, because like there's so many different ways to go about training. And some people are like, you have to go like super cardio heavy, or like, it's all about like, um, you know, weightlifting or whatever it is. And I know that you sort of like approach it from a couple of different methods. So I'm just curious if you could sort of go into that a little bit more. And if what you're doing, you feel like works for a broad audience of people. Yeah, I absolutely do think it works for a broad audience of people, but just like nutrition or anything that you're implementing into your lifestyle, um, you know, not everything is going to work for everyone. And I don't subscribe to that. So I do think it's really important that, you know, if you're starting something new in fitness, like play around with it, figure out A, if it makes you happy and B, if it's giving you the results that you want, are you feeling strong and confident in your body through the method and through the way of working out? So I selfishly created the Sculpt Society for myself. This, this encompasses everything I've always wanted in a class. Um, I used to do hours of cardio, hours mm-hmm. of cardio, and um, you know, wear and tear on my body. I was injured from all of the, that cardio. I, I tore my flannel fascia. I had um, a stress, stress fracture in my third metatarsal. Um, and it wasn't until I actually scaled back on the cardio and increased the strength training and body weight exercises that I not only felt stronger in my body, um, but I noticed such a difference in my body um, from, from actually scaling back in cardio. And I think, unfortunately, as women, we're, even now, it's still so in, like ingrained in us that we need all of this cardio. So I think it took me a while to actually like be okay with testing out, not doing so much cardio. So again, like in my, in my Sculpt Society, like full body classes, I'm only really doing like not even like maybe eight to 10 minutes of cardio and the rest is, is sculpting. So I'm just, you know, for me, it was figuring out that for my body type. Um, but I do think it, it absolutely can apply to so many of us. And again, it's just, you know, if you're someone that a feels good doing a hit workout and feels like you're getting great results from a hit workout like go for it i'm not someone that's going to tell you that you shouldn't be doing x y and z i think it's really important that you're figuring out what works for you and your body type yeah i think you know there's been an interesting conversation lately with um you know fitness experts like you and other people i know that are comfortable sort of tailoring the cardio down or like peeling it back a little bit or not getting you into that sort of like breathless heart rate zone because we're starting to be clued into the fact that like if you do that really intense cardio 
it basically like turns on your flight or fight mode, which can actually increase cortisol in the body, which can actually Mm -hmm. increase belly fat. And so it's really interesting to sort of like learn about this and read about these studies that sort of compare this really intense cardio sessions to this basic flight or fight response that we have because like if a tiger was chasing you like you would basically be doing it cardio do you know what I mean and so like in this basic instinct kind of way for a lot of people they're seeing when they sort of tone down the cardio a little bit they're actually getting better results because their body is not like shocked into that like flight or fight mode (laughs) yeah and and what's you know I'm programming the sequences very specifically the sculpting sequences to get your heart rate up without jumping right so you can Mm -hmm. still have a low impact class without jumping i actually did an an instagram live today with shanina shake and it was 15 minutes of legs there was no jumping whatsoever and i was drenched my heart rate was up and it was low impact so again i think it's just changing our way of thought about cardio that it it doesn't necessarily need to be this you know, you're, you don't necessarily need to run on treadmill for 60 minutes, you know, every you don't day. Need to, you don't need to be doing like sprint intervals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, yeah. it, it is true. Whenever I do your class, whenever we're doing sculpt, like that's when I'm really like working the hardest, sweating the most. I'm like, oh my God, when is this going to end? <laughs> Especially your classes in person. Cause you, I know you, you turn it up a notch when we're in the studio. <laughs> versus on the app when I go to see you in the studio I'm like Megan (laughs) and dying um it's it's such a fun method um so I'm I'm so curious to kind of get into how you developed the app do you have a team I know you know between you and I we've talked and your team is sort of small right now but I feel like you have such an opportunity to kind of really develop out your business? Do you have plans for like a studio in New York once people can kind of come back to the city and get back to their normal lives? Like just sort of tell me about like why you wanted to create the app and and kind of your, your forward look on the business. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it became really clear to me early on that, um, fitness was moving digital. What, you know, in real life, classes will always exist. I think everyone's asking me that because of the climate right now. Mm-hmm. That will always serve a purpose. But I do think because so many people are um, exposed to at-home workouts um, and people are traveling, it, it, even before COVID, it just was very clear to me that I could, I could reach more people on an, on an app. And I'm only one person. And I saw it as a way to scale my business mm-hmm. without having to teach 50 more classes a week. And, um, I wanted to be mindful of that. And, and so I, that excited me initially about creating that online community and presence. And, um, I originally thought I would just go through do like an online, just, uh, subscription through my website. And then I was approached by a developer for an app mm-hmm. and that luckily worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a process and I, it has not been a smooth road. I, I've learned a lot in the last year. And I think as I look onward and where I want to grow, I, I think, I think it's really digital. You know, I can, again, just reach so many more people and I can grow this community in such a bigger, more meaningful way online. Um, 
I will never not be teaching in real life classes, but I do think my main focus for the next couple of years will be how to grow this beautiful Sculpt Society family community and, and then support that with, you know, I, a, big, a big tour. I, I've always done pop-ups um, for the past two years around the country, but I want to do that in a bigger way. I want to um, go to all of those cities and, and really create um, an experience and, and get to see the people who are working out with me um, on the Sculpt Society app and, and connect with them. I think there's something so special about that face-to-face -face interaction and in real life class. Uh, so I, yeah, that, that's sort of my, my couple year plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then just start, start to you know, play around. I have this Sculpt Society sweatshirt on, you know, little avenues of like merch and um, continuing to um, release different equipment. So I'm, I'm releasing my hand weight and ankle weights coming up soon. So just building the business um, one step at a time and, and continuing to learn because I'm certainly learning a lot right now. Yeah, this is, this is the time where we have all had to pivot more than anything yeah. else. And I think that everybody who is a business owner in this climate is learning new stuff daily, uh, putting out fires they've never had to put out before, but is going to really, I think, serve us in the long run just from how we problem solve, how we mitigate and manage our own stress as it mm -hmm. relates to, uh, you know, making sure that your business can, can get through a time like this. Um, so, you know, all the lessons that I'm learning on my side too, like I, I am thankful for them. Um, I think, yeah. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday and, and the, I think the biggest lesson that I have learned, even, you know, since I started Love Wellness a few years ago is that I used to be at least younger and, and not severely, but I used to be more emotional and reactionary when something bad would happen at work, you know, like when a problem would arise and so many problems have come up at this point that I deal with them in a, in such a different way now than I used to. Like, when the house was on fire two years ago, now it's just like, just there's a kitchen fire. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Get the really, water. It's gonna be you, okay. yeah, like you really start to learn how to um, put things into perspective and your barometer on like what's a small problem and what's a really big problem really like changes over time, which is really interesting. And I'm sure for you, you've had the same experience. Yeah, you know, I think we chatted on the IG Live um, about this, and actually after that conversation, I made the change, but um, I was telling you how, you know, I'm a very small team, like very, mm -hmm. very small, Yeah. Um, and I was, in the beginning of COVID, responding to all of my um, support emails. Oh, yeah. Did you hire a customer service person? So my fiance, after that call, was like, you need to do something about it. So he, he forced me to, and I can tell you that my emotional health is so much better for it. Um, so I think, yeah, just small little lessons that you're learning along the way. You can't do it all. Mm -hmm. Your energy, um, focus, my energy focusing on customer support emails is not well used. You know, I, I totally. should be focusing on the creative, the things, you know, that I, I know I can do well and, and that serve the business. Me, mm -hmm. me, answering a hundred emails, um, is just not, is not smart. Yeah. It's not a good use of your time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are career people who like love customer experience and like want to go out and manage that and like love getting into the nitty gritty with people. And like, yeah, you, I'm so glad you did that. Bravo. 
well thank you I know and I, I was like if I have to read one more email about someone wanting to cancel and like talk about like emotional like totally you like the you know so I was like I need to remove myself from this yes I'm so happy Just that we had that combo <laughs> hand hand that stuff to, to somebody else because yeah. yeah dealing with customer service issues even if people are nice it's still so overwhelming I think I said this I was like it's like looking at your bank account like when you have like nine dollars in your bank account you're like no I don't want to do it <laughs> I know I know well, and things are just like so out of your control I mean so many emails of like you know USPS is experiencing two to three week delays on any international shipping so like anyone who spent I get so up you talk about you know trying to scale things back but I I'll get so um worked up when I see an email and they're like we've waited for three weeks and and I it's out of my control when it's USPS right so mm -hmm. learning to just apologize and say listen this is out of our control I'm so sorry and totally anyway, let someone else do that a hundred percent yeah we we have found that you know transparency with customers is is like really important and it actually helps you problem solve way better than just taking the position of like sorry we can't help you you know right the answer might be sorry we can't help you but here's why and then they get it they're like oh okay i understand right. um so i'd like to touch a little bit on because i know we're running out of time i think people really want to know about like your routine what do you eat what do you do to be megan roop because i look <laughs> at you on instagram every day and i'm like i want to be megan roop oh my gosh <laughs> how do i do this <laughs> Um, you know, I keep it really simple. I think, you know, you know this, but you know, for so many years in my early twenties, I, I tried every diet. I yo-yo dieted. I binged. I, I was really awful to myself. Um, my internal dialogue was awful. And I just got to a point in my mid twenties where like, I, I was so sick of thinking about it, about trying to figure out how to get, I don't know, whatever it was, it was just constant obsession and I got to a point where I had had enough and mm -hmm. I read a book called Woman, Food, and God and I um, I talk about that book a lot by Janine Roth and it really changed my perspective on food and intuitive eating and, and how you're actually talking to yourself and inner dialogue you're having, the stories you're telling yourself and from that point I really worked on myself and worked on how I was interacting with with my thoughts and all of that and and I got to a point now where I really just I know this is not the answer that people want to hear, but I eat when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm full. I strive to eat real food. And yeah, I just try not to overcomplicate it. If, if I want some ice cream, I'll have some ice cream. Yeah. Um, you know, do I try and have ice cream every night? No, it doesn't really make me feel great if I'm having it all the time. But I think my point in that is, is I, don't, I don't subscribe to any diet. And I think, unfortunately, so many, especially women, are still de dealing with a lot of those issues. And um, if we can just simplify it a little bit and actually turn inward and, and change the conversations that we're having with ourselves, it can be so, so much more powerful. So I think, you know, tips and tricks I've done along the way, and I think a morning routine is really important. I wake up around 7, 7.30, I love water and lemon. It gets my digestive system moving. Um, I'll have, you know, a probiotic. I love you, love wellness as probiotic actually. And sometimes actually I'll have your bye bye bloat, which I love that product as well. Um, <laughs> and then I'll make my French press coffee. I'll listen to a short meditation and I'll just get grounded and I'll breathe. And if, if things come up through the, throughout the day and I need to take a breath, like I'll take a moment. Um, but back to the food, it's really, it's, I think we all need to sort of approach food a little bit more simply and, and not subscribe 
to a diet. Subscribe to what makes you feel good. What are the foods that energize you? What make you feel good? Does mm -hmm. a food make you feel bloated and uncomfortable? Probably want to scale back on that. Like really actually listen to your body. It's giving you cues, just like hunger cues. And those things are not bad. Yeah. I think, you know, I have this conversation with a lot of people on the show and everybody always says the same thing. It's, it's, it's just what you said. It's, there's no silver bullet. There's no like secret to, you know, being super fit or I only eat this and this and this it's eating for your body type and like what's inflammatory and not inflammatory for you and eating real food, like just trying to avoid stuff that's processed, packaged, etc. And I think, I think also you sort of in your twenties, late twenties, kind of get a better sense of awareness of the, of how food actually interacts with your body. Like I think about when I was growing up and like, you just put anything in there. And even if you feel bad or feel bloated, you, you don't really make the connection. And it's as an older adult, when you start to get a little bit older and you start to get a little bit more tired and like things actually mm -hmm. affect you in a more obvious way, that sort right. of the light, light bulb goes on. And I think that is why you start to see people sort of like in their later twenties and thirties really settle into a routine and a lifestyle because you are finally like cognizant or like aware enough of kind of um, how things are actually affecting your body. Because before then you're basically a teenager and you're like indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't Absolutely. matter if you eat the pizza, you feel great the next day anyway. Um, but, but that's also not to say that I don't, you know, have the pizza. It's just, I think it's having a pizza and not, to be honest, what's worse is not the pizza. It's the guilt around the pizza. Yeah that stays in you. And I think removing that and, and moving on, you have the pizza, you enjoy it, but you move on. Yeah. A hundred percent. The moving on is, is very, very important. Um, okay. So we always have questions that we ask at the end of the episode. So Megan, what is your secret ritual? Something that you do that makes you feel happy and well, it could be like taking a bath, meditating, secret pizza night, whatever it is. <laughs> I put on some like old school hip hop <laughs> and I just like dance around. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love that old school hip hop dance party in your living room. That's great. And then what's one thing that you do now that you wish that you had learned earlier that helps you feel like your best self? I think it kind of goes back to those lessons I learned and, and just, I think the strongest thing that you can do is changing that inner dialogue in your mind. You will believe the stories you tell yourself and you have to change the story to break the cycle. I just wish I had known that in my early twenties. Um, and, and just to do more of what feels good. You know, um, I think it's so important that if, if I've ever stuck, I'll go through things that I can do more of in my day to day that make me feel good, whether that's meditating or moving my body or a coffee with a friend, but just making sure I'm sprinkling things throughout my day that really lift my spirits up and, and bring positivity to my day. Mm, I love that. That's really nice. Um, okay, cool. Well, where can our listeners find you? And do the Skull listeners. Society. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, listeners. <laughs> hey, listeners. Um, yeah, I have a 14-day free trial for the Skull Society app right now. Um, you can come find me over at Megan Roop, at the Skull Society on Instagram. My website is theskullsociety.com, and um, you can find out more information there. Awesome. Very cool. And you can work out with Megan on Instagram Live, too. 
You can. <laughs> and know that I'm working out on my side when she's doing it. So we'll all work out together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Megan. That was so nice. Thank you. Bye, guys.